With Siyata Dishmaya, let's continue on our lessons of the Amidah and understanding what we're saying and what each section that we're, we're standing in front of the King of Kings, what are we actually saying to him? And what is the purpose of each thing that we say? So now we're on the section of prosperity. Okay, what we say in this section, in Amidah, we say, bless for us our master God this year and all its types of produce for good. And in summer we add and give a blessing. And in winter we add, give dew and rain for a blessing upon the face of the land and satisfy us with your goodness and bless our years as the best of years. You are the source of all blessing, my master who blesses the years. And then we say, our master, bless this year for us. So when we read the opening words of this blessing, a question arises. Why do we ask God to bless this year when our immediate concern is about our bountiful harvest? And when it comes to one's livelihood, we reach out to God in our prayers on Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year. So a person's entire livelihood is allocated to him or to us during the period from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. And so at this holy time, Hashem determines whether this forthcoming year will be prosperous for us. And though Hashem assigns means for our support, there's no guarantees for each harvest. Some crops may thrive while others fail, and even if they are planted in the same field. So we therefore request that Hashem bless the entire year, which includes multiple harvests at different seasons. And this might also be the meaning of the expression, all its types of produce for good, which Hashem can adjust this accordingly throughout the year. So most of us live in an urban society and can't relate to the agrarian model. And that's why the expression, all its types of produce, takes on added significance. The key term does not only mean grain, rather it derives from the word uh, uh, which means coming forth. In this sense, this blessing is not limited to the produce in the field, but includes productivity in the workplace. We're asking Hashem to bless our efforts in any occupation. And truth be told, even though we are urban-based, we all depend upon the successes of the farmers for our food supply. So we pray that all those involved in the agricultural process will realize a bountiful harvest, but will ultimately reap the benefits. And it's much more than their skills and knowledge in the field that spell success. It's the realization that Hashem is overseeing their work. And some farmers face crop infestation while others encounter frost on their fruits. And the most precious blessing of all, rain. Rain could be either insufficient or it could come at the wrong time. In other words, after all the hard work the farmers do, success can only be realized if Hashem makes it possible. It's any wonder that Rabbi Yohanan declared three keys to the Holy One, blessed be he, has retained in his own hands and not entrusted to the hand of any messenger or angel, namely the key of rain, the key of childbirth, and the key of the revival of the dead. So each key represents a different stage of life. And Hashem does not entrust these keys to anyone else because of his personal concern for us. So what's so significant about our appeal for rain? We learn that the key of rain is so important as the keys to childbirth and the revival of the dead. Rain, water is the essence of life. More than any other resource, a man, man cannot exist without it. So in fact, 60% of the composition of the human body is water. So when scientists search for life in other planets, they look for evidence of water. And when non-Jews convert to Judaism, they totally immerse themselves in a mikvah, which is a body of water, typically containing rainwater. And that gives them a new life as Jews. So since rain is all about life, it's only fitting that the key for rain is listed with the keys of childbirth and revival of the dead. 
So what's critical for us to understand is that rain is much more than a means to a successful harvest. It's about our personal relationship with Hashem and our dependence on His kindness. When we ask for rain, we're really asking for life itself. We're, we're in effect saying to Hashem, we are totally dependent on you as you are entirely in charge of rain. You have not designated it to any of your faithful angels. We cannot live without rain, without water. So we beg you, God, for the sake of our existence, both physical and spiritual, please give us an extension on life. We love you. Please help us. And at the end of Sukkot, we recite the prayer for rain, Tefilas Geshem, which is primarily directed towards the need for rainfall in Israel. Eretz Yisrael, why are we so focused on the rainfall here in Eretz Yisrael, more than any other place in the world where Jews live? Every inch of Eretz Yisrael is holy, and Hashem personally cares about it. It is therefore a land constantly under my master, your God's scrutiny. The eyes of my master, your God, are on it at all times from the year's beginning to the year's end. And what makes the land of Eretz Yisrael so special that Hashem focuses on it from the beginning of the year until the end? So, of course, it's a promised land which Hashem pledged to our forefathers. It's home to our holiest city, Jerusalem, whose heart is the site of our temple. It's our fondest dream to see the temple rebuilt and our exiles return to our eternal home. All of these aspects would justify God's closeness and close relationship with the land. But there's yet another element that creates this close bond between Hashem and the land. And this relationship has evolved from one fact. The land of Eretz Yisrael is inherently holy. In other parts of the world, the crops are not holy. And there's no tithing or offerings required from outside the land of Eretz Yisrael. So just as Hashem is holy, the Jewish people are holy. And just as the people are holy, so is the land in which they reside. God's close connections of holiness is with His people and with His land. So may suggest why Hashem's focus is on this land from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. And when we say, and give a blessing upon the face of the land, give dew and rain for a blessing, we pray for the blessing of dew in the diaspora. We make special mentions of the qualities of the land of Eretz Israel. So simply put, the success of rainfall and prosperous harvest in the diaspora comes in the merit of the holy land. And this may explain the expression on the face of the land, meaning the land of Eretz Israel, which is our focal point. No matter where we are, in the world and where we live. It's been said that even when we Jews are on distant continents and far from our beloved homeland, we remember it even in exile and yearn for its well-being. We pray that Eretz Yisrael primarily be blessed with abundant rain and bountiful year for that's where our heart really is. And when we say and satisfy us with your goodness, interestingly, the word tov, good, appears three times in this blessing. We pray for good, but its meaning is different to many of us. On the surface, good means a bountiful harvest or success and investment or the business world. And for others, good implies satisfying all of your material desires for luxury items. For such individuals, good is seen as an entitlement. And for still others, good is perceived as good health, which most would agree is the most important element in living. So we have to reflect seriously on what is really good in our lives. How can we evaluate what is truly important? The Hasidic story that we're going to now uh, give over may offer us a little bit of insight. So a man once visited the Holy Magid of Metzrich and said he had great difficulties applying the Talmudic saying that a person is supposed to bless God for the bad as he blesses him for the good. And so the Magid told him to find his disciple, Rav Zusha of Hanipol, and ask him, 
The man went and found Reb Zusha, who received him warmly and invited him into his home. And when the guest came in, he noticed how poor the family was. It was almost nothing to eat. And they were beset with afflictions and illnesses. But nevertheless, Reb Zusha was always happy and cheerful. The guest was astonished. He said, I went to the Holy Magid and asked him how it's possible to bless God for the bad in the same way that, he bless, that we bless him for the good. And the Magid told me that only you can help me in this matter. And Reb Zusha looked puzzled and said, this is indeed a very interesting question. But why did our Holy Rebbe send you to me? How would I know? He should have sent you to someone else who has experienced suffering. So good and bad are in the eyes of the beholder. If you believe that everything that you're, is given by God is for your best, then you happily accept that this is from the Almighty, that your lot is from the Almighty himself. Then you are like Rab Zusha, who on his own, in his own eyes feels that he's truly wealthy. Who is rich? He who rejoices in his lot. So regrettably, there are Jews who feel that whatever they receive from God is an entitlement. And they have every right to expect that their material needs will be met. And they reason that, that, that Hashem put us in this world without consulting us. And so that he should provide us with everything we need physically and spiritually. And this is the purpose of mentioning Tov and this blessing. We not only ask Hashem for good things in our lives, we ask Hashem to help us see, to see the good in everything. We realize that Hashem is the source of all good. So we reach out to him and ask, satisfy us with your goodness. Even when the world around us seems so bleak, most of all, help us see your goodness in our lives. And then when we say bless our year as the best of years, what does it mean when we ask Hashem to bless us like the good years? And often when we look at the past, we think of the good old days, but we're, were they really good? The Holocaust, the Great Depression, the struggles of observant Jews to find employment at the beginning of the last century. And but despite these horrendous challenges, Jews per, preserve, uh, persevered and prevailed. Holocaust survivors who lost their entire families came to, 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 to America with virtually nothing and rebuilt their world in America. And during the Great Depression, Chesed organizations helped indigenous Jews get back on their feet. Laws were passed outlawing discrimination against Jews who would not work on Shabbat. And all these instances, despite the darkness, Jews not only survived, but thrived. And they came to realize that even in the darkest of times, there are rays of light and hope. And once they saw rays of hope, they had faith that the darkness would eventually dissipate. A small ray of light has the power to disperse a great deal of darkness. And the process, they learned a lesson that even when things were desperate and they felt like giving up on Hashem, Hashem never gave up on them. They realized that they had a future and that Hashem had not abandoned them. Above all, they were able to see that even within the worst of years, they could see the light of the best of years. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen Ve Amen.